Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette. From Café Vermillionville in Lafayette, we're out to lunch with Professor of Finance and Director of the award-winning Birken Road Reports, Peter Raschuti. It's business, Acadiana style. Hi, I'm Andre Morrow sitting in today for Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. You know, a few football seasons ago, after years of losing, the Saints suddenly started to become a winning team. People back then would explain the change of fortune with a knowing look and the two words, Drew Brees. In Acadiana, people have recently started exchanging the same knowing look when they talk about the impressive number of new businesses starting up around here. So what folks do is they look at each other and they say, UL. What they're referring to is officially known as the B.I. Moody III College of Business Administration at the University of Louisiana Lafayette. On this show and in conversations, so many people talk glowingly about the effect the UL Business School is having on the growth and, really importantly, diversification of the Acadiana economy that we thought it was about time to find out what's going on inside those business school buildings. Dr. Gwen Fontenot is the interim dean of the business school, a position she's held since 2015. Dr. Fontenot is in her second tour of duty at UL. During the first one, she taught at the business school from 1984 to 89, and this tour started out in 1999. Gwen, welcome down to lunch. Thank you, Andre. Dr. Jeffrey Stewart is the Moody College of Business Administration's Associate Professor of Marketing. Dr. Stewart has been teaching at UL since 2003. Jeff, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, Andre. Nguyen, you're the boss, so we'll start with you, okay? Tech companies are moving to Lafayette because, among other incentives, they can find highly trained employees, which they have told us here on Out to Lunch that they attribute this to UL. On the entrepreneurial side, UL business grads are running very successful local businesses ranging from breweries to manufacturing electronic products that compete with Apple. As the current dean of the school, can you point to a single or predominant reason that you're turning out a generation of success stories? Is it something in the water at UL maybe? Could it be that these days business is the new black and you're attracting the best and brightest? So what do you think is going on here? Well, Andre, that's actually accurate because in the last three years, we've been attracting some of the brightest students in the, in the state of Louisiana and the southern region. So we have had some of the largest freshman classes in the last three years with the highest uh, ACT scores that we've had in the history of the university. So to say that we are doing it because of the attraction of those students is an accurate statement. Not only are we increasing the size of our freshman classes and having higher ACTs, but we have the largest number of valedictorians from the high schools who are coming to UL now too. So I think they're seeing the value in an education at a university such as UL where we have uh, 
a more hands-on, family-oriented uh, atmosphere, particularly in the College of Business. And so they're coming to schools like us rather than going to the larger schools that don't have that personal relationship with their faculty administrators. Jeff, you're an award-winning professor. You've won multiple prestigious nationwide awards in teaching here at UL. All of us who have been students know that having an inspiring teacher leads us to being educated in a better fashion because we're motivated to learn. Does that same kind of inspiration translate into what our students do after they leave school, though? Can you inspire students to have great entrepreneurial ideas? I, I think you can, and, and I really believe that's a two-way street as well, because the students are inspirations to the faculty who are in the classroom with them, and it's the thing that gives us the fuel to keep going year after year. And I think one of the one thing that really I'm proud of at UL is that we have a lot of faculty within the College of Business uh, that engage in active learning, where we bring real-world experiences into the classroom um, and try try to replicate as much of the real world that they're going to get in the job market as they, as we can in the classroom. So a lot of times we'll work with real clients. Uh, we'll work with you know, Lafayette Economic Development Authority on projects. Uh, we'll work with private sector companies, nonprofit organizations, um, communities. Um, you know, and what, one of the, the things that um, I've done in my classroom over a span of about four semesters is take our, our marketing and our, our MBA students, and we worked with the town of Delcom uh, for four semesters, so better part of two years. It was a collaborative. And doing what? Well, we, this was after Hurricane Rita. Okay. And it, it started out as a really ambiguous project that was brought to us by the School of Architecture here at UL. Uh, they collaborated with LSU Sea Grant, LSU uh, School of Landscape Architecture, um, in developing master plans for the town. Um, then once they were finished, they said, look, they really need help in finding funding for some of these things. And so we started out with just doing industry analyses, that, you know, potential industries for that area. And then as we went semester by semester, the problems became a little more focused. Uh, so our contributions became, um, I think, a little bit richer uh, to the community. Uh, you know, so it was wonderful because it, one, it, it helps address needs that are in the community. Two, it creates um, dynamic problems in the classroom. But three, the byproduct uh, that I think is, I guess, serves us long term is it helps these students connect to their communities. Yeah, yeah. I want to ask you, who taught you what you teach? So who, who was the great teacher that you learned from to pass this on? Uh, well, you know, at UL, I, I did my undergraduate and my MBA at UL. And I, I had Dr. David Stratton as a marketing professor during my MBA program. Um, and he really challenged me, um, you know, and, and pushed me really hard. Uh, but we also did a service learning project with the city of Crowley as our capstone course. And Dr. Bill Rowe taught that class. And the city of Crowley opened up uh, to us and it was a unique opportunity. And they said, look, we want you to take a look at every department and give us your recommendations. And it was awesome. I mean, we had a, a several GAs that jumped in and we spent a lot of time in Crowley, uh, took it very serious and, and really made some recommendations that they ended up moving forward with. So that kind of laid the groundwork for me that whenever I got into a professor position that I wanted to give my students the same type of opportunities. Gwenda, I want to ask you right now uh, about the interim tag. Yes. Uh, but 
since 2015, so uh, we know what interim means, but um, why interim and why not just regular dean? Well, because um, at the time when I took over, the former dean left to return to the faculty full-time, and so the university goes through the formal search process, and it happened to be that he left in December, so I was appointed in January. And the original term was to be 18 months to give the university time to do a full-blown national search. Um, for different reasons, that search didn't uh, come to fruition, so it was extended for a year. But we are now in the midst of that search and bringing candidates to campus now. And so my term ends June 30th. So and it's not so it's not something that you will be stepping away from. Yes, it is. I will be returning to faculty. You're not not going to pursue or no. You want to be teaching. I'm going to be teaching you again. Be teaching. Yes. What 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 do you love about teaching as opposed to what you're doing right now? Well, I love what I'm doing now, but it's a whole different challenge and many so, more management and yes definitely other issues. Um, I, I love the students and as Jeff was saying you know love doing the projects with the students and seeing them experience things that they're learning in the textbook but they're translating it into actual practice um, I guess my real passion though is that I teach and study abroad and oh, okay, so cool. taking students over to Italy and Jeff does it in France um, take them for six weeks and help them learn about marketing because that's also my background um, while they're in Italy on, on the ground and just living with the Italians and learning about life in Italy and how they do business and how they market. is it, it, It's a life-changing situation for these students. And so whether it's going to Italy or it's in the classroom in a project like Jeff was talking about with the Delcom project, it's just being a part of that life-changing experience for them that drives me. Let me ask you about your real-world business backgrounds. Did you own a paper? I owned probably too many businesses to recall, but oh, really? yes, I did okay. own a newspaper. Well, I did. Which one was that? It's um, the Acadian. It's it started as there's a, a company in Evangeline Parish, um, Bon Nouvelle. It's a small newspaper there, and they had one in St. Landry Parish, and um, some uh, partners and I bought out the St. Landry Parish Bon Nouvelle, and we kept it as Bon Nouvelle for. A year or two, I guess, and then we spread to the whole Acadiana area, so we changed the name to the Acadian. Okay. It, it was a lifestyle newspaper. Right, right, okay. Yeah. And uh, we still own the company, it? but it's it? it's not it's not being published right now. Okay. Kind of don't have time right now. Okay, uh, Jeff, I want to ask you the difference between uh, an endowed chair. Um, is that a different type of professor when you got that? Uh, that title? That, that's correct. And it, it's really a shift in, um, I guess, where you allocate your time. So while as a, as a professor, we are you know, charged with, do, with teaching, research, and service, um, an endowed chair position, there's still those obligations. Uh, but there's also some additional responsibilities rel relative to kind of the charge. And the, the charge of my chair was, was set up uh, with the college and the, and the donors, the, the Moody Company. And it focuses in regional business development. So right now, my, my focus has shifted to where I, I serve in a, a liaison type role uh, with the economic development communities um, throughout the Acadiana region. So Quick thought about you talking about your uh, teaching abroad 
and uh, you mentioned Italy and you teach in France. Uh, we're in the heart of Acadiana. We are the heart of Acadiana here in Lafayette. And so do you find that some students still actually um, are able to speak French or no French, even if it's uh, Cajun French? To some extent, sure. Who are sure. from this region? Most definitely, and you know we have a very strong French immersion program here in Lafayette Parish. Because uh, that would really, I mean, that sets this part of the state apart from the rest of the state. Most definitely, in, in a huge way. And and we also have uh, partnerships with French universities that will send students over um, right. to to UL as well. And so it really it really helps, uh, you know, those students when they get here and you know they they go hang out at Blue Moon. And um, all of a sudden, they meet a whole bunch of students from here who could speak French. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Andre Moro, sitting in for Peter Rusciutti. My guests are an associate professor of marketing at UL Lafayette's Moody College of Business, Dr. Jeff Stewart, and the college's interim dean, Dr. Gwen Fontenot. Gwen, so you have, you have students who um, come to school here, and of course, there's a lure for many to go on to bigger cities, Etc. cetera, uh, I know it's something that, that Baton Rouge and LSU complain and struggle with a good bit is being hip enough to keep people from wanting to go necessarily to Dallas or Houston. Uh, what about UL though? Are you finding that you have more students perhaps that, that stay right here? And why yeah. is business so hip right now? I, I think that we actually have the opposite challenge here because our students have never wanted to leave they because don't leave. life that's here is so good. Yeah, that's really good. And so now as we get them to study abroad and they see what things are like in other parts of the world, some of them are wanting to branch out more. So. Now Houston is more reasonable. Austin, we have a lot of students who are in Austin. I have a few in Denver and California and Oregon. So they're starting to spread out. We actually have a few who have gone on study abroad and ended up staying in Europe. And so I think for us, it's the opposite of what you ex expressed with LSU. It was hard to get them to go to large That's companies in Houston. That's a wonderful problem to have. Huh? Yes, it is. <laughs> so we want to keep our talent at home, but sometimes it's good for them to go abroad or go over to Houston or somewhere else and experience life in a different city and then bring things back here that they've learned there. That is that is definitely very cool. I love that. And, Andre, I'm, I'm going to um, Austin as part of a delegation from Lafayette for mm -hmm. South by Southwest. And part of my... my um, agenda while I'm there is to bring a few of our alumni who are working in Austin over to our, our delegation from Lafayette to make sure that they, they see that our students can compete with, with anybody in the world. Right. One thing that's cool too is that the just the city, in-city population of Lafayette exceeds 127,000 people, but people might be surprised to find the metro is pushing 500,000. I think that would shock a lot of people, and that doesn't even include, there's an extended metro on That's top right. of that. So, so our, our students commute from a 40 mile radius mm -hmm. um, every day, and if you extend the metro to that, that radius, I mean, we're pushing three quarters of a million people. Right, right. You know, which is, it's hard for me to uh, wrap my head around that sometimes. Except at 5 o'clock with it, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gwen, Jeff, it is time for the part of the show where we call it, Let Me Ask You This. And I'm sure before your MBA students graduate, you prepare them for job interviews. And I've got a list of questions in front of me that were dreamed up by human resources folks, mostly in the Silicon Valley. 
These questions are designed to go beyond a job applicant's standard responses and find out something about their creativity and also their cognitive ability. So we're going to try this on you, all right? I'm going to ask each of you a random question and one of these questions each. Gwen, pick a number between one and 20. 17. And question 17 is, what was the last gift you gave someone? What was the last gift you gave someone? A Yeti ice chest. A Yeti ice chest. That's pretty Louisiana. You're going to go fishing, hunting, yes. a lot of things. Yep. Tailgating. Yeah. It works. Yeah. Uh, is that a question that you would ask perhaps in a job interview situation with somebody? Have you ever thought of that? I have question? never thought of asking that question, no. All right, so. But if that's the most difficult that, question on the interview, well, there, I'm there's great. There's some other ones I can, I, can ask you, I can ask you another one if you want me to. No, that's great. You want, I like you, that you one. one. You ready for yours? Sure. All right, Jeff, you pick a number between one and 20. Seven. Seven. How many people flew out of Chicago last year? It's a million. Um, I need to like scramble into Google right now to find out if we have the answer to that. Uh, if you've been in O'Hare Airport ever, it probably feels like it's a million <laughs> every a day. five <laughs> minutes. Um, but okay, so a question like that: what does what does a question like that force someone to do? I mean, think for one thing, and also think like. Where the heck did this question come from? But if you're if you're mm -hmm. asking a question like that, what does that pull out of someone? Well, one, I think it, it forces them to give you an answer, but two, it gives it gives the employer, um, I believe, the the opening to then say, okay, so tell me how you came up with that answer. Uh, so it, it it lets them explain to you, okay, was this just a wild guess, you know, or did you think about, okay, if there's X number of people on a plane, how many planes in a day, in a week, and you know, so on and so forth. Um, and what's their thought process behind it? So you, you could see, is this person very so analytical? Right. You know, or are they just... How, would, would it help them? And how are they in problem solving? How right. would they approach certain uh, obstacles that they come right. in, in touch with? Something right. like that. Okay. Um, how was it that you came up with your answer? So I started thinking about <laughs> number of people on a plane, how many planes, and a million's probably very low. Uh, in that, but I actually did a very similar exercise in, in my class, did you uh, really? my marketing research well, class this Wednesday. Yeah. So I said, okay, so let's, let's do a market forecast of how many pizzas will be eaten uh, by college students in the state of Louisiana in a year. Okay. You know, so they immediately started thinking, okay, well, how many students are there, right? You know, and, and each team was broken up and they all had to come up with their own forecast. Well, so they all explained it and they were all fairly close, you know, so I mean, with, within a couple hundred thousand of each other. Um, and at the end they said, well, what's the answer? And I said, I have no idea, <laughs> but do you think we're in the ballpark? And for, for the research class, I was trying to show them that, you know, we could come up with a forecast. The key is how much error is in the forecast. And are we in the ballpark? Yes. And I said, but we're probably sitting in left field up in the third deck. You know, now how do we get to home plate? Right. Uh, different question, right. you know, so, um, so that's the same type of thing that this interview question goes through, you know, so where's the answer? How'd you get there? What are the size of the typical classes in the different 
business school classes, right. I would say. So in the Moody College, our, our largest uh, classroom that we have is for seating for 100. Um, and we'll typically just do a principles of marketing, principles of management type of class in there. Outside of that, um, the max seating is 48. So it's... So this is pretty intimate, really, for um, to me, well, when I think of my college experience, that's really uh, almost one-on-one. -on -one. Most definitely. Yeah. And, and when, when you get to the senior level classes and some of the MBA classes, they'll be smaller than that. Like our sales classes are going to be about 22 mm -hmm. to 25 in it. Um, a specialty elective might just have 12, 15 students in it. Is this the best time, even though state colleges are undergoing seemingly constant you know, money problems and having to operate on less, um, but is it really one of the best times? Well, I, I think we could, we could point to um, the time where we, we started with um, closed admissions, and I, I think that was a shift, so to speak. But I think it's important to also note that UL had open admissions for a long time because we didn't have a community college system. Okay. And um, Dr. Audemont uh, really felt it was important that everybody in Acadiana had uh, access to higher education. And so with the community college system um, came the closing of admissions and raising of standards. And, and from there, I think what we see is that we have a little bit higher density mm -hmm. of um, students with higher ACT scores. And so it started to shift a little bit in terms of the rigor and the expectations and those kind of things. But then also, you know, I think we have a lot of momentum over the last seven, eight years um, because the engagement on campus has really changed. And, you know, with, with the new dormitories that were built, um, I mean, we have, I think it's over 3,000 students that are living on campus now. You know, which we hadn't had right, b right. before. You know, so it really changes the dynamic. Well, that's going to like completely change the community feel and the Most feeling definitely. of closeness. Most definitely. Uh, for one thing, w what about the number of students coming in from out of state? How, what's the the range of that? Overall, across the university, well, out of state, I don't have the exact percentage. Internationally, it's about seven percent. Yeah, it's interesting. You mentioned mm -hmm. internationally. Mm -hmm. So, and 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 from where internationally would that be? the most? I f it's a huge number it's of countries. I forgot how many okay. countries. I want to say something like 80 countries or okay. something. Uh, but what we're seeing in the College of Business and, and in the whole university is we used to recruit heavily from the Acadiana area. And if we got anybody from Baton Rouge, that was kind of miraculous. But, <laughs> but now New Orleans is one of our largest recruiting areas. And we now have recruiting people along the Gulf Coast all the way into the Texas Gulf Coast. So we've really expanded. It's it's not unusual at all to have students from even, you know, the Midwest, the Northeast, from, I had a couple from California recently. Uh, so they're, they're from, they're not just here. A lot of them um, have parents who were graduates of here, and so they come back to UL right, because of that, right, so. Right, yeah. and So it's pretty diverse. That's pretty cool to see. You know, we have a student right now from Brooklyn in, in marketing, we recently had one from Connecticut, and asking them, there's no family connection, but when they look at UL, for, for the money, even without a state tuition, right. UL is a very good value. Um, when you look at the research productivity of the faculty and the, the, the university, the quality of education, it's a very good value for the money. Gwen and Jeff, although people continue to argue about atmospheric climate change, there is no doubt that the change of the business climate here in Acadiana is real and that's 
great news. Part of the reason our economy is diversified enough to continue to thrive in the face of the downturn in oil is the contribution of graduates from the business school at UL. I'm not authorized to speak on behalf of everybody in Acadiana, but I don't think anybody would object to me thanking you on behalf for everything that y'all are doing because people are noticing and they're seeing it and talking about it. So thank you also for being here with me today on Out to Lunch. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's our thank pleasure. You. It's really great to meet both of you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Dr. Gwen Fontenot, Interim Dean of the B.I. Moody III College of Business Administration at the University of Louisiana Lafayette. That's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. And Dr. Jeffrey Stewart, Moody College of Business Administration's Associate Professor of Marketing. You can find out more about Gwen, Jeff, and the Magic Kingdom, simply known in business circles around here as UL. We can say it like that, and people definitely know what we're talking about by following the links on our websites, krvs.org and itsacadiana.com. Today's show is recorded live over lunch at Cafe Vermilionville. Cafe V is open Monday to Friday for lunch and six nights a week for dinner with a courtyard that sets the scene for fine Louisiana cuisine. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Murrell. Our researcher is Ann Christian. Our theme song, Encore Monsieur Nice Guy, is written by Mitch Foreman and performed by Mitch Foreman and Andre Michaud. Our Acadiana business consultants are Pete Prados from Innovate Acadiana, also Zach Barker from The Opportunity Machine, and Dr. Blake Escadet. If you want to know what we all look like as we sit around the lunch table here and talk here on out to lunch. You can find photos from this show on our website and the Facebook page. These photos were taken by Gwen O'Quan. You can get this show as a podcast and you can also get past shows. You can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites. It's acadiana.com and krbs.org. Support for Out to Lunch Acadiana comes from the Wyndham Garden Lafayette, located off Penhook near Calise Saloom. Wyndham Garden Lafayette specializes in events like weddings, corporate meetings, and family reunions. Additional support comes from ABiz Magazine and AcadianaBusiness.com, the essential information source for business decision makers throughout the One Acadiana region. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. I'm Andre Mora. On behalf of Peter Raschuti, thanks for joining me. We'll be back here at Cafe V next week, and I hope you'll join us then for more business Acadiana style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch Acadiana is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com And by Business First Bank with locations throughout the state including Lafayette and Lake Charles. Providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum at B1Bank.com. Support also comes from Wyndham Garden Lafayette.